This is the Fifth Quarter Podcast on AM 900 CHML. Hello, football fans in Hamilton from coast to coast and around the world. This is the Fifth Quarter brought to you by Wizens Law on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin here as we draw to a close the Ticats Argos third meeting of 2016. And sorry, Ticats fans, but the Argonauts have avoided a season sweep. They stunned the Ticats 33-21 in one of the most roller coaster games we've seen this season. And we've seen a few here in 2016. Final score, Argonauts 33, Tiger Cats 21. Not only does Toronto avoid a season sweep at the hands of the Argonauts, but they also stop a four-game losing streak and they do so with their backup quarterback and former Ticat Dan Lefevre. We'll open up the lines at 905-645-3221 star 9900 on your smartphone. You have plenty of time to chime in. We're going to be live until 9 tonight. You can also email rick at 900chml.com on Twitter at am900chml at Rick Samprin. Plenty of storylines tonight, including what in the world was that Ticats offense doing tonight? It was either go big or go home. I'm not sure if that was the strategy, and if it was, man, oh, man, did it ever fail miserably tonight. Another storyline is Dan Lefevre. The former tabby comes back to hunt the Tiger Cats on this night at BMO Field and gets a big, big victory for Toronto's playoff hopes. A lot of people saying that with Ricky Ray now out four to six weeks with that deflated lung and broken rib, that was it. The Argos season was over. But man, oh man, the Boatman's defense came to play tonight and Dan Lefevre did more than enough to win this football game. All right, so sit tight here as I go through the scoring summaries. We relive the lackluster Ticats game tonight. Dan Lefevre and the Argos opened it up, and they opened it early and often on the scoreboard. He hit Tory Gurley for a 15-yard touchdown to open the scoring uh, four minutes into this ball game, 7-0 Argos lead. Liram Haralahu, his first of four field goals, came about six and a half minutes later, a 36-yarder, 10 to nothing. The Argos lead, the exclamation mark or exclamation point on the first quarter was a T.J. Heath interception, his fourth of the season on Zach Caleros. Argos, after one period of play, lead Hamilton 10 to nothing. Hiralahu added to Toronto's lead a 24-yard field goal to make it 13 to nothing. That was off the Heath interception. About four minutes later, Caleros and the Ticats came back in a big way. He tossed his 15th touchdown of the season, a 59-yard bomb to Terrence Tolliver, who fought his way over the goal line and into the end zone, 13-7 for the Argos, Tolliver's seventh TD reception of the season. Adrian Tracy then intercepted Dan Lefevre, rumbled his way to the Toronto 43. That set up a Brett Maher 51-yard field goal. Argos, though, still on top, 13-10. to The Cats kept on coming. Larry Dean with an interception on Lefevre's very next pass. And Jeremiah Masoli, a couple of plays later, ran it in from one yard out. 
17-13, Ticats lead. And they would add to that lead, making it 20-13. About 90 seconds later, when Maher hit a 23-yard field goal. Just before halftime, Hiralahu added his third trifecta of the day, a 16-yard field goal after Kenny Shaw dropped a would-be touchdown for Toronto, so it was 20-16 Hamilton at the half. Second half, all boatmen. All boatmen all the time. Brandon Whitaker with a scintillating 36-yard touchdown run gave Toronto a 23-20 lead and a lead they would not relinquish. Justin Hickman blocks a Maher punt. Argos recover. Brandon Whitaker follows suit with a six-yard touchdown run. The Argos are up 30-20. to Hiralahu with 98 seconds to play in the third quarter adds a 30-yard field goal, four for four for him on the day. It's 33-20. to And about four and a half minutes into the fourth quarter, Brett Maher hits a 49-yard field goal attempt wide left, ends up being a single, 33-21. His streak of converting 21 straight field goals for Maher now broken. Ticats wouldn't give up, though. Driving down the field, Carleros tosses one into the end zone, but T.J. Heath steps in front of the football, grabs it for the interception with uh, just under six minutes to go. Second pick of the game, fifth of the season. And Daryl Wad on a deflected ball intercepts Caleros with about 90 seconds to go. The Argos outscoring Hamilton 17-1 to in that second half, and they win it 33-21 in front of a less than spectacular 17,214 fans. I would imagine most of those Ticats fans. So another four turnovers from the Ticats tonight. Argo scoring 10 points off those turnovers. Hamilton forcing two Toronto turnovers. They score 10 points off their turnovers. All right, the phone lines are open. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. You can email rick at 900chml.com. On Twitter, at am900chml, at Rick Samprin. Start off with Dave. Dave, thanks for calling the fifth quarter. I can't win every game, but, you know, this one is a tough one to lose. I hate to lose to them, anybody but them. Um, yeah, they caught us napping, for sure. Uh, everybody, I think the whole team uh, played bad. I single out while the offensive line had a bad game. Defense, I think our Steinhauer needs to yell at our guys like the Toronto Stubler did to those guys. They, they Secondary was getting burned all the time. Um, I don't Not good enough. Not good enough. And I, I, I don't know, you have called you a few times over the season and have said about the secondary. And Lefevre, yeah, he had a good game. I don't know if it'll continue, but uh, he burned our secondary pretty much. And uh, what are you going to say? It was just a tough loss, and hopefully they'll regroup. But it was a bad game by the whole team. Um, well, that's what it comes down to. Who's your uh, player of the game tonight, Dave? For Hamilton? Well, anyway, it doesn't have to be well, a Tiger cat. Oh, never going to be an Argo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know what? I, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Gable. He showed guts okay. coming up. And, uh, well, we'll see what happens next week. But uh, they definitely caught us napping. Um, We'll see what happens, but uh, it was a tough loss. And, uh, you know, like I said, the defense, it, it, you know, the deep, Lefevre burned our secondary a couple times, and, uh, you know, they, what are you going to do? 
Well, you're going to regroup and uh, try the next time out. That's uh, this Friday against Montreal. Thanks for the call, Dave. You're welcome. 905 645 3221, star 9900 on your cell. You can email Rick at 900CHML.com. On Twitter at AM900CHML, at Rick Samprin. Bruce writes on Twitter at Rick Samprin, I'm thinking positive. We are still in second place and actually above the Argos since we won the Ballard Cup hashtag fifth quarter. Very true. Ballard Cup is in Hamilton's possession and the Ticats in sole possession of second place. Thanks to that tiebreaker. But man, oh man, this game was winnable. And the Ticats didn't do anywhere near enough to win this ballgame. The Argos deserve to win tonight. Mark's on the line. Good evening, Mark. How are you? Good. How are you, buddy? I'm not too bad. Man, I don't know. It looked like the uh, whole team was uh, ready to go to the strippers in Toronto after the game. Maybe that was the case. I don't know. It was horrible, and, you know, this game was a, a statement game to take over the East, and uh, we just didn't uh, come out. I don't know what to say, but seems like the league is catching up to Austin in his uh, miraculous coaching abilities, but I was just disappointed, man, all, all around. Yeah, how can you not be? I mean, Toronto, I thought, played better overall. Dan Lefevre was really, really good despite the two interceptions. Other than that, I, I thought he was he was excellent. Yeah, no kidding. And he's too for Argos. Like I'm not a guy who's going to uh, pump up the Argos tires, but he's man. I wish he was on our team. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who's your player of the game, Mark? Lefevre, man, Lefevre. I have to give it to Lefevre. I agree with you. Thanks for the call. Thank you. There's room for you on the phone bank nine zero five six four five three two two one star nine nine hundred on your smartphone. I am in agreement with Mark. Dan Lefevre, player of the game for me. For a guy to get thrown into the fire and throw for 329 yards, complete 75% of his passes, had a touchdown toss. Yeah, he was picked off twice. Carried the ball 10 times for 39 yards, had command of the offense. Uh, Dan Lefevre is my player of the game. My player of the game. Get a load of Zach Caleros' stats. Oof. Threw for 300 yards but only completed 56% of his throws. He was 22 of 39. He had one touchdown and three interceptions. Not a good game for Zach. And I know they were checking out his right shoulder towards the end of the game following that Daryl Wad interception because as he threw it, his right arm slash shoulder area was caught in the crossfire. The ball went skyward and right into the hands of Daryl Wad, and it was game over. 905 645 3221 star 9900 on your smartphone. Who's your player of the game tonight? You agree with Mark and I and vote for Dan Lefevre? Maybe you have somebody else. Maybe you can't vote for an Argonaut. Maybe you're like Dave. Your thoughts on tonight's game? Did you expect a lot more? I was expecting a Tie Cats blowout tonight. My prediction was 36 16. I did not give Toronto a hope in heck. And the Argos said, hold the fort there, Zamprin. We're going to win this ballgame, and they did. Alex is on the line. Hey, Alex, how are you? Hey, Rick, how are you? I'm uh, not too bad. Thanks for calling. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, not very happy with today. No. Again. But the problem, you know, with not us, like Ticat fans, but we always feel like, like right after Labor Day when Hamilton wins, at the next week against 
the Argonauts again, but on their home in their home stadium, we have to win. It doesn't work that way. We wish it would work that way, but unfortunately it doesn't. Like, I was hoping the first play for Hamilton would just be a big blowout, nice deep pass. Wasn't. Mm-hmm. And um, so, are you saying that the Ticats were overconfident? Is that is that your gut feeling? Yeah, they, they were since because they won last week on Labor Day. Right. They were hoping that they were going to win again, and a lot of teams do that. Whether it's pro team, high school team, you know, even minor leagues, they all after a big win, they're always confident that the next week they will win mm-hmm. again. Well, I think that that should be the attitude. You, you want to go into every game thinking or or believing that you can win, right? Oh yeah, true. But the O-line, I, you know, it was great to see Mike Filer back, but since it was his first game, he had a lot on his shoulders joining the O-line again as the big leader. Yeah, and Toronto brought the heat all, all game long. Well, their D-line has most of our guys from last year. <laughs> yeah, very true. You know, Justin Hickman, uh, Brian Hall, yep. Brian Balky on the sideline. Even though he's not in the lineup, he's still on the sideline giving them you know, encouragement, which sure. he used to give, give to us. And, you know, our secondary, I think, needs to work on some tackling drills. And uh, yeah. they need to gain their speed back because um, even though Shaw didn't make that one catch in the end zone, he was left wide open. He was beat. I mean, we were beat, sorry. And um, the first touchdown for uh, Gurley – Courtney, I think it was Courtney Steven was left in in the back of the end zone, and his ankles were almost broken. Yeah, uh, you know what? You got to give credit as well to Toronto and Tory Gurley. I mean, that guy is a beast. But I understand what you're saying. I'm not at all impressed by the way this secondary has been playing this season. I hate watching us play against these teams like Calgary and Winnipeg, and you know even Toronto right now, where their receivers are battling till the end to jump up to get the ball. And our receivers, they're good and they have speed, but they don't want to get like pass interference, so they don't fight for the ball as much as Gurley does or McDaniel's does on Calgary. And oh, I don't, I don't know. It's a tough pill to swallow, especially after the great comeback on Labor Day. Where I think all Ticats fans expected a little bit more of that tonight, and when they got down uh, and then rallied to take the lead. At halftime, I think there was a lot of good mojo going, but Toronto just put the brakes on the Ticats train and said, uh, no, we're winning this ballgame. Yeah, you know, like, I'll never hate C.J. Gable. I, You know, he's such an amazing running back to have, especially when it comes to blocking. But if the O-line would just to give him some space, he could run for days. Yeah, but that space, that space wasn't him. there tonight, that's for sure. Um, That's all I have to say, and... My player of the game, I don't even know if I have one. Even mm, Okay, my player of the game has to be Brett Maher. Even though he missed a field goal and got a punt blocked, he's the reason why we were at least in that game for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, I appreciate the the, uh, the call and uh, the thoughts and the player of the game pick. You're welcome, Rick. All right, take care. Take care, bye. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. We have player of the game votes for C.J. Gable, a couple for Dan Lefevre, including mine, Brett Maher, and this one coming from Bruce, player of the game, listening to the game on TV, the Ticat fans are my pick. It was loud when the Argos offense was out on the field.
More of your calls, your thoughts on today's game, your votes for player of the game. We will anoint our latest fifth quarter fan of the night when we sign off at 9 p.m. tonight. This is the fifth quarter brought to you by Wizens Law on AM 900 CHML. Eric Samprin here, Lisa Pileski on the other side of the glass, producing tonight's fifth quarter, brought to you by Wizens Law on AM 900 CHML. If you've missed any past fifth quarter episodes, download the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. You can check it out online as well at 900CHML.com. Argonauts 33, Tiger Cats 21 tonight at BMO Field in front of 17,214 fans. That's... About 8,000 fans less than what showed up at Tim Hortons Field on Labor Day. That's not a good crowd. Sunday afternoon, Ticats Argos. Got to wonder how much the NFL season opening weekend on 9-11 played a part in that. On that note, hashtag never forget. 15 years ago, we will never forget what happened. 16 or pardon me, 14 years ago, if my math serves me correctly, a year after the 9-11 terror attacks in New York and on the Pentagon, United Flight 93 in Pennsylvania, Roy Green and I went down to New York to broadcast at the WOR studios. Don't know if any of our longtime CHML listeners remember this. But thinking about it earlier today, What a couple of broadcasts that was. And just being at ground zero, I mean, the chills and the goosebumps. Going to Yankee Stadium the night before the first anniversary of 9-11. Going up the Empire State Building amid heavy security. Walking around New York and just, it was just an odd and eerie feeling. And of course, on the anniversary, that one-year anniversary. uh, Just those memories, those Those goosebumps came roaring back earlier today, watching all the ceremonies on TV and reliving some of the memories that Roy and I shared way back when. 33-21, Ticats fall to the Argonauts tonight at BMO Field. And looking at the CFL standings, Hamilton sitting at now 5-6, Toronto also at 5-6, however... Because the Ticats won two of three against the Argos, Hamilton has the tiebreaker. Montreal, which is Hamilton's next opponent, is three and eight. Ticats will host the Alouettes this coming Friday night. Seven o'clock start will be on the air here for the fifth quarter in around 10 p.m. Ottawa still leads the division. They have a game in hand as well at five, four, and one. And out west, the two most impressive teams, maybe even three if you count Winnipeg in that mix, Calgary, B.C., and the way the Blue Bombers are going, you got to put them in there. Although they have feasted on the now 1-10 Saskatchewan Rough Riders the last two weeks. But in saying that, Winnipeg has played some much better football of late. So in the west, Calgary 9-1-1, B.C. 8-3, Winnipeg is 7-4, Edmonton at 5-6, and and the lowly Rough Riders 1-10. And 10. Not sure how they can turn it around, but Saskatchewan's got to do something. 905 645 3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. You can email me your thoughts on tonight's ball game at rick at 900chml.com. We'll get to a few emails in a few seconds. You can also tweet at Rick Samprin at AM900CHML. Ian 
with an interesting tweet. Did Solo Sink or Terrell Sinkfield sign with the Ticats as Twitter is showing him in a Ticats uniform? Now, I hadn't checked it previously, but I think the last time I checked Terrell Sinkfield Jr.'s Twitter account and his profile page did have him in a Ticats uniform. I can't recall when I checked it, but it wasn't that long ago. And to make a long story short, the team has not officially announced anything in terms of signing Terrell Sinkfield, who was an NFL free agent after being cut down south. Uh, Katie on Twitter as well. I agree with Mark, a.k.a. Johnny Oneball, on Twitter. Uh, Every time the Ticats take one step forward, they take two steps back. Hashtag fifth quarter. Well, when you look at the Ticats' last five games, they've won two of their last six, but here's their last five games. Tonight, a loss. Labor Day, they won. The week previous to that, they lost in Calgary. The week prior to that, against Saskatchewan, they blew out the Rough Riders. And the game before that one, they lost to BC. They also lost to Winnipeg before they faced the Lions. So... In the last five games, it's been loss, win, loss, win, loss. And the way the Montreal Alouettes are playing, we might be looking at another win later on this week. That's okay. We'll take that, especially after this game. Randy on email. Hi, Rick. Uh, Well, another slow start by the the Cats. Just like those seasons, we were 8-8 and with slow starts. When will these slow starts end? It's not like it's a new thing. Yet again, lots of penalties. I have no bad things to say about Dan Lefevre. The cat should not have let him go. I've always liked the, his play of style. What is clear is this. The Argos have one of the worst-looking uniforms in pro football. Worst fans are in Toronto. How many in attendance today? The Cats are the better team by far. We also, again, won the Ballard Cup. Randy continues his email. So next game, we need to be ready. Start fast, maintain that power, and win The Cats will fare better in the stats at season end than the Argos. We can't win them all, but a putrid finish, a tough week. McMaster and the Bills also lose, but a win for Guelph in OUA play. My player of the game, Adrian Tracy. Best media coverage of the game and analysis by Rick Samprin. Have a great week, Rick Oskiwiwi Randy. So a vote for Adrian Tracy, who, yeah, I thought had a pretty strong game as well. I mean, he didn't get five or six sacks but he had six defensive tackles one sack and an interception that's pretty solid still though my player of the game is Dan Lefevre thought he was excellent 27 of 36 75% completion percentage 329 passing yards a TD two picks on back to back plays which is kind of weird 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. Who's your player of the game? Give me your thoughts on tonight's game as well. Robert is on the line. Welcome to the fifth quarter, Robert. How how are you doing, Rick? I'm okay. How about you? Oh, I've been better. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Just, uh, I guess I got two points. Okay. Um, Start off with, uh, I hate to say this, but I got to kind of, Bad taste in my mouth because uh, I was listening to another station and um, Coach Sal was on, and he hit the nail right on the head. I mean, we talk about our defensive backfield being, you know, not up to par, but he mentioned how bad our offensive line has been playing. 
And that sure showed today. I mean, Jeremy Lewis, I mean, Zach's like, lucky he hasn't got a broken arm. Hmm. I mean, that was that's brutal, our way our offensive line's playing. You know what? I, I thought the O-line up until tonight has had been really good, especially in the game against the Rough Riders. I thought they played pretty well against the Stamps and were, you know, not bad against Toronto on Labor Day. But tonight, a much different story. I mean, I know the Argos were sending pressure a lot tonight, and I thought the Ticats offense could withstand that pressure, but, man, oh, man, they didn't tonight. No, they were all over us. I mean, it's like Stuber had a coach's meeting or a coach's a player's meeting, and he kind of, I guess he ripped a shred off them, and, man, they come to play today. And But we won't throw the ball short, you know, like we always – I mean, Gable, okay, if he can't gain, rush the ball, at least give him a chance on screen passes. He threw a couple, but – I mean, to slow down that rush. I I don't understand teams why they don't try to slow the rush down by throwing the ball like a screen passes and stuff. Everything's got to be 30, 40 yards down the field. And, I mean, you, you can't win every time. They're going to take that away sooner or later. I, I'm glad you brought that up, Robert, because one of the things I wrote down during this game was too many big play attempts downfield. They were always looking for the home run shot. And, and I get it. This team is multi-talented with Caleros and Tolliver, and Owens, and Tasker, and Fantuz. they got a lot of weapons, C.J. Gable as well. But you don't have to throw the ball 40 yards downfield all the time, and it was just so frustrating. It is, because, I mean, what is it? I think there was like 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter, and Fantuz catches first pass. I mean, he's... Yeah, that can happen. He's, well, he's guaranteed to get you the first down every play, you know. He runs 10 yards. He's one of the few guys that knows where the marker is on the field, too, you know. I mean... Yep. He runs the 10 yards and throws the ball to him. He yep. throws the rush down. Very rarely drops the football. It has good positioning, knows where the defenders are. Uh, once he makes the catch, he heads upfield. He, he's not going to break away on an 80-yard touchdown run, but he's going to get you those first downs all the time. That's right, because, I mean, we're, we're so prone to throwing the ball 30, 40 yards that the teams just tee off on us. And they don't they don't care about the underneath stuff. And, I mean, we just don't, we don't throw it enough. I mean... I I think Gable's such a great receiver, and to throw the ball to him like three, four screen pass or three, four yards and let him run with it mm-hmm. is so much better than trying to throw the ball 40 yards down the field. And they can dime the teams today. Yeah, we rarely saw, and I don't think we saw one actually crossing routes or just you know button hooks, you know some quick, uh, quick pass plays that can oh. get our our talented guys into space. It was, uh, as I said, very frustrating tonight in terms of play calling and execution. It was. It was. And we, and not to be prepared for the fever. I mean, he spent what two or three years here, so I mean, we knew what he was going to bring, and not mm-hmm. to be prepared for him. And I love Steinhauer, but I mean, he should have got back into that uh, film room and <laughs> studied the Lefevre tapes of him because yeah. you knew exactly what he was going to get. Yeah, well, he played great tonight, Robert. Who's your player of the game? It, well, it's got to be Lefevre. I mean, I mean, the, the TSN built him up like he had been lost in the Arctic or something, but I mean. <laughs> We knew where he was, so yeah, yeah. We knew what you were going to get, so that's right. Robert, thanks for the call. Enjoy okay. the rest of the weekend. You too. Thanks, Rick. Nine zero five six four five three two two one star nine nine hundred on your cell. We're going to get to a number of emails, calls, tweets as well. Darcy, stay on the line. We have got a couple more guys calling in as well. We'll get to you when we come back. This is the fifth quarter, brought to you by Wisins Law on AM nine hundred CHML. 
Back here on the fifth quarter, brought to you by Wizens Law and Hamilton's News Talk leader, the Argonauts beating the Tiger Cats 33-21 to tonight, outscoring Hamilton 17-1 to in the second half. Dan Lefevre with 329 yards through the air. He had a touchdown, a couple of interceptions, ran for 39 yards as well. He's my player of the game, leads the player of the game voting here on the fifth quarter. We also have votes for C.J. Gable, Ticats fans, Brett Maher, and Adrian Tracy. Zach Caleros, 22 of 39, 300 passing yards, TD, three picks. At one point, he was 9 of 23 for 123 yards. Not the stat you want to see when you look at your starting quarterback and realize that, man, oh man, he's completing about 40% of his passes, and this game is getting away from the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the second half. So the Cats now 5 and 6. Argos also 5-6, and six, but Hamilton does have the tiebreaker thanks to the previous two victories against Toronto, one on Labor Day, one to open the CFL season. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. You can email rick at 900chml.com. On Twitter, at Rick Samprin at am900chml. Your thoughts on tonight's game and cast your vote for player of the game. Stephen out in Penticton, B.C. Hello, Rick. I have to admit, there is not many Ticat games I stop watching before it is over. This game today is one of them. There was no reason for the performance by the Cats that we had to sit through. I don't know what you could call that. The offensive line might as well stayed back in Hamilton. With Dan not starting a game in the CFL for the past two years, our defense should have eaten him for breakfast. I would have these guys, all of them, running laps at Tim Hortons Field till they drop at the first practice after this disgusting showing in Toronto. This loss, I most certainly hope, will wake our guys up. One very angry longtime Cats fan, Stephen, out in Penticton, B.C. We appreciate the email each and every fifth quarter. Darcy's on the line. Good evening, Darcy. Thanks for calling the fifth quarter. Go ahead. Hey, Rick. Uh, the way I... Um... I dissect this team as the, this is the way they've been playing all year. The, the inconsistent, um, they just haven't played all, all year. They've, uh, they haven't played a full game. And, um, it's, I told you I was worried about it. And everyone thinks like last week, once Labor Day's done, it's all forgiven and everything's, everything's all good. But it's, it's, it's not like that. The reality of the situation is we're not as good as we were in the last three years. Um, we lost guys like, Today, Hickman, guys on special teams, Hickman blocked the punt. Guys like that, um, you, you, you just don't replace them with rookies. And um, I just believe that uh, Ken Austin, I believe that coaches in all professional have a shelf life. He's been here over three years now, and I think his shelf life is expiring. He's, he's just stubborn. To uh, He's been like that his whole coaching career, to, to, to run the ball and utilize running backs. Guys like C.J. Gable. And I believe this is the year it's going to catch up to Ken Austin. And um, I don't, I'm just telling it like it is. Uh, it's it eventually thing, you know, like it, it catches up to you. Mm-hmm. And Hamilton Tiger Cats, I'm sorry, but they're, they don't, you, you don't just flip, flip a switch. Um, I believe the next coach in Hamilton should be Mr. Steinhauer. And he's doing what he can with that defense. He doesn't have the talent he had. The, the secondary is brutal. Like a guy like Butler people don't understand he controls that secondary he's a huge loss back there and uh it's showing 
So because of the talent lost, do you blame more so Kent, the previous GM, because he's no longer GM? Do you, do you blame Kent, the GM, as opposed to Kent, the coach? Well, I, well he's got a lot to – you have to put the blame on Kent. He's the guy who brought these players in, him and Tillman. Right. Uh, they just let these guys walk, like uh, guys like Medlock. It's uh, like, come on, man. Like, they have the money. Spend the money. Don't don't bring in these cheap guys who are first year rookies and expect them to. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Like, well, yeah, I, they. I just don't. I, I just don't get this franchise, and, and and I put the blame on Mr. Austin, not Mr. Young, because he's just the guy who, who writes the checks. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know about football. Ken Austin and Tillman, they know what's going on, and uh, I blame them. That's where it all starts. They do have the money. Number one. However, they also play under the same rules as all eight other CFL teams in that there is a salary cap, and a lot of that money is earmarked to one guy, and that's Zach Caleros, and, and fairly so. He, he deserves any you know every penny that he's getting in that contract. When you look oh, at the yeah. other quarterbacks in the league, um, the fact of the matter is you can't keep everyone that you want every season. I'm uh, not, no, uh, my point is I'm not saying you can keep everyone, but they let the wrong guys go and i know you can't keep everyone but I'm, i know they gave zach that money but uh there's there's money under that cap they let a lot of guys go and there, there's there, there's money there right and it, they just didn't spend it properly well yeah i mean that's the point i'm trying to make when you have caleros who goes from a reported you know 250 dollars a year to half a million you got to look at the other guys and say, "All right, we can't pay you that money because Zach is getting it." So, uh, there obviously there's tough decisions to make each and, and every I, year. I, think what, I also think what happened them at the free agency was they they gave in to Ted, Ted Laurent's, uh They that's what happened them. They basically um, put all their donuts into Teddy Laurent, mm-hmm. and meanwhile, all the other guys were walking. But um, anyway, that's here in Orsay. That's done now. But um, that's the way I see it, and. Uh, I don't know. Like that's you can't sugarcoat it. I, I just don't think this team is is as good as they were. And and as for um, uh, the Argos quarterback today, uh, he played very well, and uh, we made him look like um, the second coming of Montana. But he like Lefevre's good, but he ain't that good. Yeah. And that that's that. This goes to show you coaching. Scott Milanovic, Stubler, they give the kid. You know, Milanovic brings him in, and, and he uses what he has, he doesn't make him do what he can't do. And Stubler's defense is, is his, you know, he, that's, that's Rich Stubler. He knows how to he knows how to play defense. But, yeah, he's um, been around the block. So who's your player of the game? Well, I have to give it to LeFever. And I just wanted to give a kudos to that uh, caller, Alex, who calls in, the, the young youngster. Yeah. That guy is uh, a heck of a kid, and, and, he, and he makes more sense than a lot of uh, – <laughs> a lot of – a lot of – people that i know about football and 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 the kids the kids a good caller and he knows what he's talking about i love when he calls in and he calls in every week and he's he's that next generation of cfl fans that we want to you know keep around and nurture and, and pass along our knowledge and you know uh you know encourage him to continue to watch and, and enjoy the game yeah speak, like speaking of next generation that's i think last week i touched on it. that's what the argos lost they lost a generation oh Hugh, they might I think, I think they lost a couple of generations to be honest exactly i think their whole problem was when the mcnall candy era after that everything went downhill and yep. they just lost generations and and toronto is one of those sushi fancy towns they'll support the Leafs, but uh they don't i don't i, I honestly believe that they don't care about cfl football in toronto mm-hmm.
Well, that's clear. 17,000 fans show up, and I guarantee 10,000 for Hamilton. Yeah. Okay, Rick. Thanks for the call, Darcy. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. You know, Darcy made the point of, you know, not bringing back the right guys or or losing too many of those guys that were here that led the Ticats to Grey Cup finals a couple of years in a row. You know, Justin Hickman, one of those guys. Brian Hall was a success here. Brian Bulky, another guy. You know, Justin Medlock was basically shown the door. Terrell Singfield went to the NFL, so you can't blame him for doing that, although he does have an opportunity to come back to the Canadian Football League. He is a true free agent. But when you increase that payment to specific players, Zach Caleros nearly doubling his salary, Ted Laurent getting a big pay raise, do you look at those two guys? You know, probably your best player on offense and arguably your best player on defense, at least on the D-line, and say, you know what, we don't want to give you that money? A, I think that sends the wrong message as a franchise because the message you want to send is we want to win championships. We want the best players here. You got to pay those guys. And you can't bring everyone back each and every season. Because as we saw, guys like Hickman and Hall, they said, no, I'm, I, I still think I'm valued at X number of dollars. I'm going to go play somewhere else. You're, you're lowballing me or you're not giving me what I'm worth. So, you know, it's a two-way street. The Ticats could, could have said they wanted those guys back, and they probably did, but under their terms, under their price structure. Every team's got a budget, and they can't pay everyone what they want to be paid. No different than a business. Joe Schmo's Auto Shop. It's got a budget. It's got to pay his employees X amount of dollars. And yeah, you might want to keep all of your employees, but some of them might leave for greener pastures. That's just the way it works. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. Kevin has dialed those numbers and joins us now, and you're on the fifth quarter. Kevin, how are you? Good. How are you, Rick? I'm okay. Good. Uh, Just a quick call. Um, You know what? This is what I'm getting towards, and I, I see it more and more every week. But I'm still a fan of Coach Austin. At the end of the day, though, uh, especially this evening, he needs a kick, and you know where it's going to go. Uh, he was he was in charge and uh, as GM, so and so and so, and uh, yeah, he let players go. Money is an issue. Mm-hmm. Money is an issue. Um, we're not writing off the cats yet. And uh, in regards to the uh, offensive scheme, I just again see trouble. Because I don't know if it's Coach Patasic, uh, the offensive coordinator, right. who's just come in. And if him and Austin are not uh, gelling, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, they need the ground game more. And, again, C.J. Gable is the guy to run the ball. Um, they just got to put it in his hands more often and check down instead of going long or medium mm-hmm. routes. So... If anybody else agrees, let them talk about the same things. Well, I mean, we saw the one check down that Caleros hit Gable on, and Gable turned that into a 32-yard gain. And that's what he does. Yeah. And he puts his shoulder down, and it's going to be the first guy bouncing off of him. And, you know, there's another five yards. But they got to check down and get it into the hands of Gable. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. 
Yeah, there, there was two. Tonight we saw too many home run attempts. Oh God! And again, it was that's a, that's it all, all season long. I love the pass game too, uh, you know. But you got to balance it. Yes. So I mean, uh, kudos to the whole team for giving it a go. And you know what? Actually, too, uh, the defense needs improvement. Now, Steinauer, again, I think he's going to be the next head coach in the CFL, and he's our defense, uh, defensive coordinator. But um, I, I just don't know why we didn't bring in some better DBs and halfbacks. But, again, um, I don't know. It's a mixed ball right now, halfway through the season. I hope we just catch up and, uh, you know, get to the finals. Mm-hmm. Kevin, who's your player of the game tonight? Uh if you got to put it out there, I couldn't call one. Okay. In all honesty. So you're not, you're not going to go with Dan Lefevre either? Well, you know what? Lefevre, if you want to push me towards it, yeah. I'll give it to Dan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't want to pressure you. <laughs> That's no problem. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for the call. Take care. 905 645 3221 star 9900 on your smartphone. Your thoughts on tonight's Ticats loss 33 21 against the Argos in Toronto. 33-21. When you look at that score, you thought, man, eh, fairly close ball game, and it was for the most part. Second half, though, all T.O. The double blue outscored the black and gold 17-1. to And they're now 5-6, and six, same record as Hamilton, although the Cats do have the tiebreaker, given the head-to-head 2-1 record that Hamilton has over Toronto. When we come back, a lot of tweets coming in, some email as well. Hopefully more of your calls at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. This is the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. If you're driving back from the Ticats loss in Toronto, in which the Argos beat Hamilton 33-21, give us a call, send us a note on Twitter, at Rick Samprin, at AM900CHML, or uh, send me an email, rick at 900CHML.com. To Twitter we go, Oski Eddie tweets, CJ Gable, guy has so much heart to play injured the way he was. So another player of the game vote for CJ Gable. He's got a couple. Ticats fans have a vote, all the fans who made their way into BMO Field. Dan Lefevre leads the voting. We also have a vote for Brett Maher and a couple of votes for Adrian Tracy as well for player of the game. Get your votes in by the time 9 p.m. rolls around when we sign off. We'll also anoint tonight's fifth quarter fan of the night. Where was the run game in the first three quarters as well? I mean, C.J. Gable and the run game were invisible in the first three quarters. I think he had two carries for two yards. Something to that effect. He ended up with six carries for 41 yards. Jeremiah Masoli ran the ball three times for 11. He had a touchdown run, that one-yard TD plunge in the second quarter. That uh, gave the Ticats a 17-13 lead, but it's a lead that they would relinquish early in the third, and Toronto never looked back. Terrence Tolliver, the leading pass catcher for the Ticats tonight, five receptions. 111 yards and a touchdown. That 59-yard bomb from Caleros. Chad Owens had a team-high seven receptions. 
along with 101 receiving yards. C.J. Gable, two catches for 33 yards. 32 of those 33 came on one play. Luke Tasker had three receptions for 24 yards. Brandon Banks, two for 13. Andy Fantuz had two late in the game for 13 yards. Matt Coates had a catch for five yards. Brett Maher, two for three on his field goal attempts. And punting the football, he averaged 41.2 yards per punt. Defensively, I mentioned Adrian Tracy's statistics, six defensive tackles. He had a sack and an interception. To me, probably the most impressive defender of the Ticats tonight. Drake Nevis had six tackles and a sack as well. Courtney Steven, six defensive tackles, a special teams tackle. And Rico Murray, Larry Dean, Dominic Ellis, and Brandon Sermons all had five defensive tackles. Larry Dean with the interception as well. Somebody Lawrence, if you're wondering, three defensive tackles, and he had a quarterback sack. For the Argonauts, I'll relay Dan Lefevre's stats once again. 329 passing yards. He had a touchdown, two picks. Brandon Whitaker had a very strong game for the Argonauts tonight. 12 carries for 75 yards. Two TDs, including a sensational 36-yard TD run. That one came 56 seconds into the second half. Gave the Argonauts a 23-20 lead. And um, that was it. They never relinquished that advantage. Kevin Elliott made six catches for 91 yards. Tory Gurley, another monster game in terms of big plays. He had three catches for 67 yards and a TD. Kenny Shaw had six catches for 66 yards. He also dropped a would-be, should-have-been touchdown toward the end of the first half. Deontay Spencer, six catches for 61 yards. Anthony Coombs, two for 22 Whitaker had three grabs for 19 yards, and Alex Dupuis had a catch for three yards. Hiralahu was four for four on his field goal attempts. And punting the football, he had a 39.7-yard average on his punts tonight. Defensively, T.J. Heath, this guy was a monster. He could have had three or four picks. He had two on the night, along with his game-high seven defensive tackles. Matt Black had five defensive tackles and a special teams takedown. Four defensive tackles each for A.J. Jefferson and Brandon Isaac. And in terms of sacks for the Toronto Argonauts, just the one. That was Sean Lemon. He also forced a fumble towards the end of the ball game, And that fumble was scooped up by the Argos. And they didn't turn it into points because it came so late in the game but turnover wise Toronto forced seven turnovers a couple of interceptions a fumble and a block punt they scored 10 points off those turnovers Ticats D forced two turnovers themselves had a field goal and a touchdown off those two turnovers your thoughts on tonight's game 905-645-3221 star 9900 on your smartphone 35 minutes left to play in tonight's edition of the fifth quarter, following a 33-21 Ticats loss in Toronto. They could not complete the sweep. Not only that, the Argos break their four-game losing streak. Email from Rich. Hi, Rick. Emailing from Western New York. Tough game tonight for the black and gold, just like the Bills today. By the way, we'll run down the NFL scoreboard in a matter of minutes. 
Uh, Rich writes, the Cats just need to get back to the practice field and be ready for the Owls. Lefevre had a great game against his old team. I would not trade him for Zach just yet, LOL. No need to panic, just move on. Let's rebound next week, boys. Oski wee wee. Lisa from Niagara Falls, New York. That's Lisa, not Rich. Using Rich's email account. Probably not secretly as well. I'm, I'm sure Rich knows that Lisa is bombarding his emails with email to the fifth quarter. Joe on Twitter, at Rick Samprin, player of the game, Adrian Tracy. And he adds, will the real Thai Cats please stand up, Jekyll and Hyde? Yeah, I'm not sure which Ticats team we can count on week in, week out, because we see them in a different light each and every week. And I think as fans, that's probably the most frustrating thing. Imagine being a player or a coach on this team. And one week you're obliterating the Rough Riders, and the next week you're losing in Calgary, and then you're rallying against the Argos on Labor Day, and the following week, Leaky lose to the backup quarterback of the Argos as Toronto avoids the sweep. This Ticats team this season, from top to bottom, has won, lost, lost, won, won, lost, lost, won, lost, won, and lost. They're consistently inconsistent. <laughs> longest winning streak, two games. Longest losing streak, two games. And over the last five games, it's been... A loss traded by a win. Tweet from Albert. C.J. Gable, he needs the touches to be effective. They didn't use him enough in the first half. Uh, Yeah, that's an understatement. They used him twice. I think he had two carries. Scott on Twitter. And you'll remember Scott from a few weeks ago saying he couldn't attend the game. He had to leave at halftime. I think of Labor Day, yeah. He had to leave at halftime in Labor Day. Because he was sick. And so he tweets, hey, Rick, after a bad four days, I'm back to 70%. And he follows with, the O-line needs work. Player of the game, Tolliver, hashtag fifth quarter. Yeah, the the O-line needs work tonight. Needed work. And needs work going forward because they can't play like they did tonight. I'd much prefer them playing like they did against the Stamps or the Riders, or even, for the most part, on Labor Day. They played much better in the previous three or four games. Ever since that first half in B.C. in which they allowed five sacks against the Lions, this Ticats O-line had played pretty darn good, with the exception of tonight. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. We're live here on the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML, brought to you by Wizens Law. Another half an hour to go here on this show, taking your calls, emails, and tweets about the Ticats' 33-21 loss in Toronto. Interesting email, or uh, pardon me, interesting tweet from Chelsea Burke at Rick Samprin at AM 900 CHML. What would it take to raise the pay grade for the CFL? Why is NFL and CFL so different? Well, it comes down to, obviously, money. And that money that is generated by the two leagues. So for the CFL, we're talking 
multi-millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars. When you look at each CFL salary cap, each each team's salary cap is roughly $5 million. It's just over $5 million. So you times that by nine, and you get tens of millions of dollars. In the National Football League, that salary cap is tenfold. I mean, players are earning 20 $23, million per season. It is a multi-billion dollar league, whereas the CFL is a multi-million dollar league. So you're basically looking at a bunch of millionaires versus a bunch of billionaires. And in the CFL, there's only so many millions to go around. And the monster that is the NFL, I'm not sure the CFL could ever catch up to. I know back in the day, you ask some of the old-timers whether they were on the Ticats or other other teams, and you know they would come out of college or they would try out for NFL teams, but then get a call from you know a, a player up in the CFL or a former coach, a buddy in the CFL to say, hey, you can get paid a lot more in the CFL than you can in the NFL. I mean, that was a reality in the 60s and even parts of the 70s. It all really changed when, you know, the big TV networks in the United States came together with the NFL and say, hey, let's make this a multi-billion dollar industry. And, And man, everyone has benefited in the National Football League. Adam on Twitter, at Rick Samprin, they aren't winning anything till they fix special teams, protection. Uh, I, think he's, I think in brackets, left tackle, right tackle to be exact. And boundary corner position. Unbelievable. That tweet from Adam B. At Rick Samprin. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. You can email rick at 900chml.com. On Twitter, at AM900CHML, at Rick Samprin. Mel is on the line. Mel, thanks for calling the fifth quarter here on CHML. Go ahead. Uh, how you doing? I'm good. How about you? Uh, pretty good. Terrible game. Yeah. <laughs> what I was calling for, um, how's, uh, have you heard how Peter Dykowski's doing? Well, I heard he did leave the game. I have not received an update in terms of uh, how severe his injury was. I think that was the knee that he was off for quite a while with. That would have been the one that he injured in the Grey Cup uh, back in Regina, yes. Yeah. So I let, let's hope it's not anything close to what that other injury was, but, um, you know, your worst fears kind of come to light when you look at, you know, that area. Yeah. Your thoughts yeah. on tonight's game, other than being a bad one, what, what stuck out for you? Uh, just the the offense just stunk. <laughs> oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, without and, a doubt. For player of the game, I'm going with the Toronto quarterback. <laughs> Dan Lefevre, yeah, he was excellent tonight. Yeah. He was excellent. Tough to see when you know a former player goes to another team and does well. And we've seen that with a lot of Ticats players. Yeah, Hamilton should have kept him. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's a long story behind that. I'm not sure if that was going to be in the cards. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Mel. Okay, thanks. Bye.
905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. That would be 9900. Rick at 900CHML.com is the email at AM900CHML at Rick Samprin. The story behind Dan Lefevre, we all know, former Tiger Cat quarterback, playing against, I think it was the Stampeders at um, Ron Joy Stadium at McMaster University as the Ticats were waiting for the opening of Tim Hortons Field, and we all know it was delayed until Labor Day. But earlier that summer, Dan Lefevre running towards the far sideline and trying to throw across his body, tweaked his knee, not only tweaked it, it was a, a torn ACL. He was gone for the rest of the season. He was a free agent after the season. So the Ticats, knowing that they had Zach Caleros coming into the fold, said, uh, you know what, we're not going to need Dan Lefevre. So after rehabbing his knee, tried his hand at uh, the NFL, didn't quite stick, I think it was with the Buccaneers, if my memory serves me, uh, got released, picked up by Montreal, and in his first outing with the Alouettes last season, got injured again and missed the rest of the season. And so he was picked up a few weeks ago by the Argonauts, and lo and behold, he comes back to bite the Ticats in uh, the rear end. Uh, back to that tweet from Chelsea Burke. What would it take to raise the pay grade for the CFL? Why is NFL and CFL so different? Sean, replying with, filling the seats in Toronto would be a start. Yeah, too many empty seats at BMO Field. Carl also chiming in with a lot of things. The NFL has multi-billion dollar broadcast deals, etc. The CFL does not have that. Again, it's billionaires versus multi-millionaires. Mark on Twitter, at Rick Samprin. Still lots of ball to play. Zach can have a bad game. As long as we whoop-ass Friday, all is forgiven. Well, come Friday, it's the Ticats and the Alouettes at Tim Hortons Field. 7 o'clock kickoff. We'll be on the air in at around 10 with a one-hour fifth quarter. Back to the phones we go here on the fifth quarter, and Anne May is on the line. Good evening, Anne May. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Had a great time at the game, even though we lost. Oh, good. Because I am a Ticat fan and made the trip down to Toronto. Thought BMO Field looked fantastic, Mm -hmm. really lovely. Loved it. Um, And uh, I thought our team was a little flat um i don't know what was wrong with calaris i did see that he didn't get up right away at one point and i thought maybe he had injured himself um diakowski coming out i thought was a tragic for us and uh uh, i uh, think that uh, dan lefevre did a great job and uh, he has the tie cats training to thank for that (laughs) he certainly does and may who's your who's your player of the game my player of the game uh, probably would be uh, um, that catch that uh, Chad Owens made. I, I thought Chad did a great job. Wish he did, they, they had used him more. Excellent. And how would you how would you describe the ratio of Ticats fans to Argos fans at BMO Field? Oh, huge! We were a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I was amazed at how many people were there. But I was also impressed that, uh, you know, we were well-received. Uh, we uh, enjoyed ourselves at the game. Couldn't have asked for better football weather. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was all good. 
Great to hear from you. Thanks for calling in, Anne May. Hey, thank you. I love the fifth quarter, by the way. Thank, thank you. you very much. Enjoy the rest okay, of your bye night. Bye-bye. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. You can email rick at 900chbl.com. Just like Joe from Niagara, who writes, Hey, Rick, a little disappointed. This was my first away game, and it looked like a usual Ticat game. Blow the first half and strong the second half. Instead... We got blown in the first quarter strong. Second and third and fourth were right off. It was scary. Tolliver and Gable got hit hard. Scary moments. Everyone looked off. I found out that DeMond Washington may be done for the season. Joe, he is done for the season. Torn ACL, he's gone. Uh, Joe continues to write, um, It worried me how wide open the Argos receivers were. We really need to fix our coverage and quick. I thought the refs were not strong once again, but it's the CFL. What can you do? Anyway, to finish a positive, my player of the game is all the fans that took the trip and stayed to cheer the guys on. There is always next week. Thanks, for uh, Rick, Joe, with that email. Back to the phones, and Colin is on the line. Colin, welcome to the fifth quarter. Hi. Say you had a, somebody there from B.C. that their first uh, game was 1960. Well, mine was 1962 with the Fog, the fog Bowl, I remember. Oh, wow. As, as a kid, but... Uh, I wanted to talk about why did uh, they decide to kick the field goal. Uh, I think they were on the Argo 47-yard line or 45-yard line. They decided to kick the field goal, which went wide mm-hmm. and out of bounds, and then that gave the Argos a first down on their own 45-yard line. Well, wouldn't it have been better to pin them deep? I mean, the game, they still could have won the game at that point. That would have closed the gap a little bit, but uh, he's not... Uh, 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 Justin Headlock, you know, he's not going to kick it through all the time. Maybe you can comment on that for me. Yeah, sure. And I, I know the the field goal try you're uh, you're talking about. It was about nine and a half minutes left in the ball game. It's thirty three twenty for the Argos at that point. Brett Maher had hit twenty one straight field goals, and a couple of those were over fifty yards. And you know, the weather conditions as they were uh, weren't horrendously windy. So Kent Austin has obviously full confidence in Maher to hit that field goal, but yeah, he does miss it. If they do go for the punt, uh, there's no doubt they could have pinned him inside the 10 and at least force the Argos into maybe a safety position or get field goal or a field position again with a punt. Um, But those are the, you know, the the three, four, five choices a game that a coach has to make to say, you know, what do we do in this instance? And that, I guess, has got told him to go for the field goal. Well, you know, as bad as they played, it was still close at Right at the end, you're on the edge of your seat. Like maybe one more play we can do. Yeah. And uh, as far as that goes, it was exciting. But they they were a little flat. And you know, I don't know what it is, but they just don't seem ready to answer the bell at the kickoff. I I, I see them struggle too many games. You know. Yeah, I don't I don't get the slow starts at all for the for the fans. Maybe the coaches too. Hey, eh? but uh, anyway, uh, enjoyed the game. Uh, we could have won it at the end, as bad as we played, and we'll come back next week and beat them. Colin, who's your player of the game tonight? Oh, I got to say, like Dan LeFever, I mean, he was pretty good. I, that little option he did where he ran to the left and then he pitched it out. With to Whitaker? Whitaker? Yep. That was a nice play. That's yeah. old school stuff, and it, and it works most of the time, eh? And he worked it just to a tee that, on that play. Yeah. That, Be- was a, that was a nice play to watch. Beautifully executed. Colin, thanks for the call. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. You can email rick at 900chml.com on Twitter at am900chml. 
at Rick Samprin. Email from Dave with this defense. If they don't score 30 points, they're in trouble. You get that feeling, don't you? And if they're coming out flat each and every game, I mean, they're going to have to score 30-plus in three-quarters of play because for the last few outings, this team has not done anything really in the first quarter, save for maybe the Saskatchewan game. But you can't play the Rough Riders each and every week. Tweet from Sandra D, who writes, uh, yes, C.J. Gable, so much heart. Another vote for player of the game for C.J. Gable. He and Adrian Tracy tied for second, three votes behind Dan Lefevre. Uh, Mark McCleary, Argos just traded Heath and first rounder for Drew Willie. Wow, we'll follow on that. I can't imagine... Why in the world they would do that? Do they need the quarterback help? I'll have to look into that. I'm not sure why they would trade TJ Heath. Couple of picks tonight. He's got five on the season. Drew Willie not doing anything for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, Sandra as well. Emailing. This is regarding the... Uh, Terrell Sinkfield email from earlier and a fan questioning whether he assigned with the Ticats because his Twitter page shows him in the Ticats uniform. And Sandra writes, an Eskimo uni, not a Ticats uni. Uh, no, it is a Ticats uniform. If you do look at it closely, it says Tiger Cats right on the front. But close. Somewhat similar. Black and golds to green and gold. I can see where you can get confused. Colin on Twitter in terms of NFL versus CFL and the big budgets of the league and the teams down south. Colin writes, the CFL can't ever have that. They have 10 times the population, so more TV money. In reference to the bulging populace and budgets of the United States. And uh, Adam B. just seen that Drew Willie was traded to Toronto. Glenn traded to Winnipeg. Thoughts? Hashtag fifth quarter. Well, I can see why Drew Willie can be traded to Toronto with Ricky Ray out four to six weeks in the thick of a playoff run. And Kevin Glenn going back to Winnipeg. And it's kind of funny because Drew Willie is going to return to Investors Group Field on Saturday. As they'll take on... The Winnipeg Blue Bombers, that being Toronto. Strange times in the Canadian Football League. You don't you don't normally see in-season trades, but this one uh, is certainly going to ruffle some feathers. So Willie to Toronto, Glenn, Kevin Glenn from Montreal to Winnipeg, and lo and behold, the Bombers and the Argos going to face off on Saturday. Ticats will play host to the Owls on Friday. Other games this week, Ottawa in Calgary. We'll certainly be watching that one with the CFL East Division leading Red Blacks in action against the hottest team in the nation, that being the Stamps. And week 13 of the CFL season closes out on Sunday where the lackluster Saskatchewan Roughriders take on the struggling Edmonton Eskimos. One more segment to go here in the fifth quarter. We will anoint our fifth quarter fan of the night. We will tabulate the votes and name our player of the game. Some final thoughts, emails, and tweets as well. This is the fifth quarter brought to you by Wisson's Law 
on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin here, Lisa Pulaski on the other side of the glass. The Ben Guyatt Show is coming up in a matter of minutes here on AM 900 CHML. We'll get to the CFL trade details today between Winnipeg, Toronto, and Montreal. Bit of a head-scratcher, especially if you're an Argos fan. But lo and behold, we'll get to that in a matter of seconds. But running down the NFL scoreboard, if you're driving back from the game and uh, you want to check out some of the NFL scores, here there are. Vikings beat the Titans 25-16. Texans over the Bears 23-14. Eagles beat the Browns 29-10. Ravens upended the Bills 13-7. Raiders in a slugfest over the Saints 35-34. Chiefs rally from a 24-3 deficit to beat the Chargers, 33-27 in overtime. Bucks stumped the Falcons, 31-24. Bengals edged the Jets, 23-22. Packers over the Jags, 27-23. Giants slipped past the Cowboys, 20-19. Lions outslugged the Colts, 39-35. And it was the Seahawks clipping the Dolphins, 12-10. Pats and Cards are underway and it is 7-0 Patriots early in that ball game tomorrow night. Steelers at Redskins, Rams at Niners. A season opener back on Thursday. It was the Broncos beating the Panthers 21-20. There's your NFL scoreboard. Now back to the CFL, and let's break down this trade here. So it's Toronto, Winnipeg, Montreal coming together on a trade that goes like this. The Bombers deal quarterback Drew Willie to the Argos. In return, Winnipeg gets defensive back T.J. Heath, who had two interceptions tonight, five on the season. Winnipeg also gets Toronto's first-round draft pick in 2017 and the Argos' third-round pick in 2018. Winnipeg and Montreal also come together on a deal. Blue Bombers trading their fourth-round pick in next year's CFL draft to Montreal in return for quarterback Kevin Glenn. So the Bombers trade Drew Willie to Toronto, get Kevin Glenn from Montreal, and also T.J. Heath and a couple of draft picks from T.O. Wow, crazy. All right, our fifth quarter fan of the night is Robert, and here is what Robert had to say earlier on in the show. Robert is on the line. Welcome to the fifth quarter, Robert. How are you doing, Rick? I'm okay. How about you? Oh, I've been better. Yeah. <laughs> um, just, uh, I guess I got two points. Okay. Um, start off with, uh, I hate to say this, but I, I got a kind of bad taste in my mouth because uh, I was listening to another station and um, Coach Sal was on and he hit the nail right on the head. I mean, we talk about our defensive backfield being you know, not up to par, but he mentioned how bad our offensive line has been playing. And that sure showed today. I mean, Jeremy Lewis, I mean, Zach's lucky he hasn't got a broken arm. Hmm. I mean, that was, that's brutal, our way our offensive line playing. You know what, I, I thought the O-line up until tonight has had been really good, especially in the game against the Rough Riders. I thought they played pretty well against the Stamps and were, you know, not bad against Toronto on Labor Day, but tonight... A much different story. I mean, I know the Argos were sending pressure a lot tonight, and I thought the Ticats offense could withstand that pressure, but, man, oh, man, they didn't tonight. No, they were all over us. I mean, it's like Stuber had a coach's meeting or a coach's a player's meeting, and he kind of, I guess he ripped a shred off them, and 
man, they come to play today. And But we won't throw the ball short, you know, like we always, I mean, Gable, okay, if he can't gain, rush the ball, at least give him a chance to, on, on screen passes. He threw a couple, but, I mean, to slow down that rush, I, I don't understand teams why they don't try to slow the rush down by throwing the ball like a screen passes and stuff. Everything's got to be 30, 40 yards down the field, and, I mean, you can't win every time. They're going to take that away sooner or later. I'm glad you brought that up, Robert, because one of the things I wrote down during this game was too many big play attempts downfield. They were always looking for the home run shot, and and I get it. This team is multi-talented with Caleros and Tolliver and Owens and Tasker and Fantuz. they got a lot of weapons, C.J. Gable as well. But you don't have to throw the ball 40 yards downfield all the time. And it was just so frustrating. It is because, I mean, what is it? I think there was like 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter, and Fantuz catches first pass. I mean, he's. Yeah, that can happen. He's, well, he's guaranteed to get you the first down every play. You know, he runs 10 yards. He's one of the few guys that knows where the marker is on the field, too. You know, I mean. Yep. He runs the 10 yards and throw the ball to him. He yep. slows the rush down. Very rarely drops the football. It has good positioning, knows where the defenders are. Uh, once he makes the catch, he heads upfield. He's not going to break away on an 80-yard touchdown run, but he's going to get you those first downs all the time. That's right, because I mean we're, we're so prone to throwing the ball 30, 40 yards that the teams just tee off on us, and they don't they don't care about the underneath stuff. And I mean we just don't we don't throw it enough. I mean. I, I think Gable's such a great receiver, and to throw the ball to him like three, four screen pass or three, four yards and let him run with it mm-hmm. is so much better than trying to throw the ball 40 yards down the field. And they can dime the teams to that. Yeah, we rarely saw, and I don't think we saw one, actually crossing routes or just, you know, button hooks, you know, some quick uh, quick pass plays that can nope. get our, our talented guys into space. It was, uh, as I said, very frustrating tonight in terms of play calling and execution. It was, it was. And we, and not to be prepared for the fever. I mean, he spent what two or three years here, so I mean, we knew what he was going to bring, and mm-hmm. not to be prepared for him. And I love Steinhauer, but I mean, he should have got back into that uh, film room and <laughs> studied the Lefevre tapes of him because yeah. you knew exactly what he was going to get. Yeah, well, he played great tonight, Robert. Who's your player of the game? It, well, it's got to be Lefevre. I mean, I mean, the, the TSN built him up like he had been lost in the Arctic or something, but I mean. <laughs> We knew where he was, so yeah, yeah. We knew what you were going to get, so that's right. Robert, thanks for the call. Enjoy okay. the rest of the weekend. You too, thanks, Rick. Fifth quarter fan of the night tonight is Robert's great call. Brought up a number of uh, excellent points. You too can be a fifth quarter fan of the night. You don't just have to have a great goal, call. You can have a great tweet, an awesome email, and you can be part of the fun when we are back on the air after this Friday night's game between the Tiger Cats and the Alouettes at Tim Hortons Field. Final score tonight, Toronto 33, Hamilton 21. And uh, that sets up a pretty good battle from here on in in the CFL's East Division between Ottawa, Hamilton, certainly Toronto, Montreal rounding out the pack at 3-8. and eight. They'll be in Hamilton this Friday night. And what you have to think for the Cats, especially after this game, would be a must-win. I mean, the season isn't over if they lose, but given the way they played tonight, they got to get back on the horse in a hurry. So that'll be interesting to see how the Ticats rebound from this game and hopefully take advantage of the struggling Alouettes in uh, less than a week's time. Montreal coming off a trade in which they sent Kevin Glenn to Winnipeg, so I guess it's the Rakeem Cato show in Montreal from here on in.
Our player of the game tonight, Dan Lefever, former Ticat, now Argonauts quarterback. Is he the starter for much longer with Drew Willie on the way to T.O.? We shall see. That's a wrap. If you missed any part of tonight's fifth quarter broadcast, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. We're back on the air Friday after Ticats and Alouettes. Coming up next, it's the Ben Guide Show on Hamilton's News Talk Leader, AM 900 CHML. The fifth quarter after every Ticats game on AM 900 CHML.